Hey guys, it's Bobby Walker here. I've got a quick special announcement. I never never have done this on the podcast, but I needed to do it on this one because it's time sensitive. So here's the deal. I get requests every week from my listeners, either on the podcast or on the YouTube channel of people saying, hey man, can I come out, do some training with you? I'd like to learn the sales and marketing side of things, but I also need help on the technical side of things in the field. And if I could just come to your location, it fix everything. Um, I always tell those people no, not because I don't want to do it. It's just I'm not really at a place where I can do that right now consistently. But I have an exciting announcement. So on September 25th and 26th, so coming up in no time, we have an event called Wash a Thon. I'm putting it on with four of my buddies. And what it is is a two day event where you come and you're going to get classroom training. On day one, you're going to sit there and you're going to learn about pressure washing in the classroom with Jason Guyman, a guy that built a business to over a million dollars a year before he sold it, who now coaches people on pressure washing businesses. And then you also get an in-classroom session with Cody Arbrough going over all the soft washing techniques and the do's and the don'ts and all that good stuff. And then the second half of that day, you're going to go into the field and actually do a job with these two guys and learn how to do a roof cleaning, a house wash, those types of things where you see it happen right in front of you, you get dirty, you get sweaty, and you learn. Then on the next day, you're going to have another session with uh, Sean Hodges from uh, Arkansas Soft Wash Kits. He builds these things for people in the industry, and he's going to go over equipment troubleshooting, technical troubleshooting while you're in the field, as well as proper safety practices. And then you're going to get uh, Aaron Parker from Lean and Mean Academy and myself, and we're going to hit you guys with a huge dose of marketing and sales strategies coming from two different angles. So it'll help everyone, to, to, no matter what area you're in, if you have very, very little money for marketing and sales, we're going to cover that. And if you have money to invest for marketing and sales, we're going to cover that stuff too and everything in between. It's awesome. Guys, it's September 25th and 26th. And let me tell you, this is not a cheap event. This is for serious starters only. We're not opening this up to as many people that, that want to come. We have a limited amount of people that are able to make it. If you want to be a part of it, you can click the link that's in the show notes. I'm putting a link in the show notes for you guys. Just click that link. And uh, September 25th and 26th, check it out. If you have any questions, reach out. Be happy to take care of it for you. Now, let's get on to the show. What's going on, guys? This is Bobby Walker, and you just entered the No Bitch Zone. What is going on, everybody? It's Bobby Walker here with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast, the only podcast that lets you see not just the good, but the bad and the ugly of chasing your dreams, chasing the goals. I don't, I don't know what else to say right now. I'm kind of like at a loss for words. All I'm getting at is this is a badass, awesome podcast. And today I've got my boy, Jer- Josh Jersey Cronin with me. He's been on here before. You guys know who he is, but he is awesome. And he's going to be sharing some cool stuff with us. And we're going to be kind of just like shooting the poo if I can kind of steal a title of one of his shows that he does is shooting the poo with Jersey, but we're going to be doing that in a second. But before we get there, I want to ask you a question, Josh, you ready for yeah, this? I am. 
So Josh, you, you've ran, you've owned and ran a window cleaning and a pressure washing company in the past, right? Yep. A fairly successful one. If we, yeah. if we say so. I right? like to think so. Yeah. 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 So the, uh, so here's a question. Actually, let me set up the question and then I'll ask the question. So one thing that we always say in our profession is that, you know, Hey, Mr. Or Mrs. Homeowner, if you um, are trying to sell your home, that's like the best time ever to uh, get things cleaned up. It's the best time to get your windows cleaned. It's the best time to get your roof cleaned or your driveway and stuff like that. And we, we use that, uh, honestly, we use that to um, try to get them to use our services. We win, they win, you know, everyone's happy. What if you said that to someone? So someone has you come out to their home and says, man, listen, I'm, think, I'm debating on doing this. You know, I wanted to get a quote. My realtor said I should clean it up. But, uh, you know, should I do it? And then you give them the spiel. Oh, yeah, you're going to get a return on your money because if you get it clean, people are going to be happier. The, the curb appeal, the first impression and all that stuff, you're more likely to sell at a higher, you know, price and all that good stuff. And they said, okay, well, Josh, tell you what. You're a man with conviction. I can tell. I can tell by the way you walked up here. Josh, you're a man of conviction. So if you really believe that, here's what I want from you. I'm going to pay you to do the service, the $1,000 of cleaning that you need to do at my home, but I want a five times return on my investment. So I'm, I want to make sure that my house is going to sell for five times or $5,000 more than it would have if I didn't get the service. And if it doesn't, I want you to refund my money. Oof. Would you do that? I would not. You're not? <laughs> not at all. No, no, I would not. <laughs> okay. See, I wouldn't either. I was hoping you would say you wouldn't because I was yeah. like, this won't work good if, if he says, well, of course I would. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You, you stand behind your service though, right? I mean, you know, you do, do a good job and all that stuff, but there comes a time where it's like, oh, you know, we do our thing and it's not our fault if the realtor does a bad job selling the house or, or whatever, right? Well, the, uh, here's the deal. I've got a podcast sponsor called Responsibid. Kurt and team over there, they've done a phenomenal job. They've been, uh, I've been a customer of theirs for, I think, three, like close to three years. I don't know exactly how long it's been, but it's been about three years. And if you guys are listening to the show, you know what Responsibid is. It's the most powerful sales tool known to mankind, at least in the home service business, right? Uh, the last show I just put up with my son, Caleb, uh, just minutes before uh, going live, like literally just a couple minutes, we landed, I think it was like a $900 job. I can't remember exactly, 800, 900, something like that. And, um, and I haven't landed a crap ton of them since then. But you know what? A day, I think it was yesterday, Responsibid landed another $920 job. I didn't do anything for it. It was just up on my website and it landed. And I'm, I'm getting to the question that, that I asked you here in a second, but here's what's cool about uh, responsibility. Some people will say, well, you lose that, that personal touch. You don't get the personal touch with your, your clients. Well, here's the thing. No, you don't. Cause you still go out and do the work. Yeah. The technicians are the ones that make that impression really of if you were good or bad. So your techs still go out there. They make the relationship with the customer. They make the customer happy. And the people that want a book online, they can do it through responsibility. And the ones that don't want to will call you or email you anyway. So what you're doing is you're making everyone happy. You're, you're, you're giving everyone the option that they want. 
responsibility does a lot of other stuff. Honestly, that's like the smallest thing. It's just kind of the sexy sizzle part of responsibility. But here's the cool thing that I, that I wanted to tie into what you were, uh, what I was asking earlier is responsibility has a 10 to one ROI guarantee. So if you sign up with responsibility and you do not get a 10 to one ROI on that investment, you don't pay for responsibility. How freaking awesome is that? Right now, I believe in my product, and Josh, you believe in your product, but I'm sure as hell not giving a 10 to 1 guarantee on <laughs> what's going out there, right? Um, I'll give you your money back if I had to, but I'm not doing it if you don't get a 10 to 1 return. So, guys, you don't have anything to lose. If you've been listening to, listening to me talk about it, it's time to, it's time to, well, I'm not going to use the crude, uh, crude expression. It's time to make it happen. You're costing yourself money. Sign up for the thing. It's a powerful tool. It takes you a little while to get it set up. That's okay. Set the thing up and let it start making you money. Journey of New Entrepreneur listeners get an exclusive free month of service. That's because I'm a really good negotiator and I worked that out with Kurt, but you get an exclusive free month of service if you just go to jnebid.com. So that's J-N-E, like Journey of a New Entrepreneur, B-I-D, like responsibid.com. Go to jnebid.com and um, get your free month of service and start making yourself money. So before I get into uh, talking to you, Josh, I just want to say there's, there's a bunch of people watching live right now. So for those of you watching live, I just thought I would experiment and record the podcast, but also broadcast it live on the YouTube channel. Just Thought it'd be fun and thought it would give you guys that are that are watching the stream here and I'm watching you as we speak uh, an opportunity to uh, ask any questions that you may have for Josh or any questions that you may have for me or anything like that. We're not going to get to them immediately. I'm going to have to turn my phone upside down so I don't get distracted by the comments right now. Otherwise, I'm just going to be distracted. But if you guys do have any questions or anything like that, throw it, uh, throw it in there and we'll get to you. But I will tell you this, Power Wash Missouri on YouTube says, I love responsibility. The follow-ups alone make it worth it. And I agree. If you guys listen to me on the podcast all the time, you know the follow-up is the part that I always, always, always preach about. And um, anyway, so and then I'll just say hi to a couple guys. We got Wild West Wash Services out there. We got Above and Beyond, John Sacco, about an hour from me. We got Mr. Porter on YouTube. We've got uh, Janoy Kresva. That's the first time I've seen you on there, bro. Welcome to the show. And then I've already mentioned Power Wash Missouri. So guys, thanks for watching live. Uh, last thing, guys, if you are not a subscriber to the YouTube channel, now this isn't a commercial for me. This is a commercial for you. Make sure you subscribe and hit the bell icon and turn it on because we're in the middle of doing a ton of giveaways. At this very moment, we're in the middle of registration for a year free of Sin Gym. I've got a year membership to Spray Wash Pro we're going to be giving away pretty soon. I've got a year membership to Responsibid we're going to be giving away here pretty soon. And we're giving away a soft wash skid by Southeast Soft Wash over there in uh, Alabama, Cody Yarbrough. Cody's donating a $4,300 soft wash skid as part of the giveaway on my YouTube channel. So if you're not there, check it out. Journey of a new entrepreneur on YouTube. Okay. We got that done. How? That's a lot of time. I think we're... Uh, we're That's waiting. it. We're done. We'll see yeah. you guys later. Guys, it's been fun. <laughs> we'll talk to y'all later. Uh, so, Josh... How the hell are you, man? I am fantastic. I am uh, sort of, you know, it's early. It could all go downhill from here, but uh, it feels like 
Economy-wise, things are bouncing back. I haven't had anybody tearing up with me on the phone about how bad things are in a while. So nice. it's really, it seems like everything's kind of coming back online. So yeah. And Hopefully. I would say that our industry, you know, cause Josh is in the same industry that I'm in now. He, he's a little heavier on the window cleaning side, but I think our industry's fared pretty well compared to a lot of others, you know, and, and we took big mm-hmm. hits, you know, I took a big hit myself and, and I know a lot of guys did. Um, there's a lot of people I think that are bragging that they did amazing through it. I think they're lying. Most of them anyway, but, <laughs> but you know, we, we grew 500% through it. And I'm like, ah, screw yeah, here, you now. <laughs> here's, here's why though, because everybody shut down for that like month or two, like mm-hmm. literally we went like one day I was in the office and I'm like, mind you, this office is in my room. So it's not like I went anywhere, <laughs> but I'm like standing around doing my normal work. And I normally do like 13 hour days with chat and everything. And I'm like, this is stupid. I don't even know why I'm doing it. Like I'm a commission based dude. Like what am I doing? It's so slow. And what happened was in my opinion is that that month or two that people just shut down, all those people still needed services done. So all of a sudden they all did it all at one time. So now say month number three of this whole COVID thing, we were essential, you know, everybody's getting the calls. Everybody now is at home. So they're getting a few more people than they normally would, but then they got three months of stuff all in one month and people just went, Oh my gosh, best month of history, best month of history. And it's like, okay, that's cool. Like totally happy for that. But is it your best year in history or is it just your best month? So I hope it's everybody's yeah. best year, but you know, I hope so too. Yeah. You know, I, I'm <laughs> actually, you know what, here's the thing. I feel like this year has been, I, I've communicated this a lot, at least on the YouTube channel. I don't know about on, um, on the podcast here, but I've felt like a complete failure. Basically, every day since the end of the second week of January and uh, our January of uh, March. And, you know, because like our goal this year was to hit a million dollars, which was almost double what we did last year. So last year we broke, you know, did a little over 500 K. And so year number four, it was going to be our million dollar year. Now, spoiler alert, year number four is not going to be my million dollar year now. Okay. (laughs) But um, we, uh, it's felt like a complete, utter failure yeah but when i go back and look at my pnl it's like oh crap we are, we've actually grown 30 percent you know yeah. over last year and um and i think we're gonna do even better like our busy season's coming up you know now i know there's a little little rush for a lot of people you know most parts of the country hope you guys can not hear that sound i'm at my office and my technicians are in the shop building some stuff okay cool and so i'm listening i'm hearing it and i'm like Ooh. so uh but you know hopefully i'm going to do much much better than 30 percent. but the plan was basically 100 percent. so the way i've been looking at it all year is like wow i'm a 70 percent failure you know what i mean yeah. i'm just you know 70 percent beneath my plan but the fact is we've grown through this thing so you know so that's cool. You know, I'm, I'm happy about that. Uh, you know what? That's not true. I'm still not happy. Yeah. My brain says, Bob, that's a good thing, but my heart's still sad. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's that, like that part's crazy is that a lot of us have still, and by the way, if you're watching on YouTube live, tell us if you've uh, not grown at all. If you are literally behind this time last year, I want to know that because most people I think are still up, but you got to that point where you're like, dude, I'm doing hundred percent growth. I'm at 30%. Like, 
it's so far that you're like, oh my gosh, this is awful. Yeah. But yet we can't really grasp the fact that the world shut down. You know, you can't really mm-hmm. grasp the fact that the joke for the past three years has always been like, you know, even if I didn't do any work, I'd still, you know, people would throw that out there as kind of a joke because it would never, it was never possible. Yeah. There literally was time where people, the government was like, Hey, yeah, uh, you're not going to have to be coming into work for the next six weeks. Like it's never happened. So mm-hmm. it's hard for that part to be comprehended when we're looking at our numbers and we're like, dude, this is, this is not where I wanted to be. This is not our growth. You're still 30% above where you were last year. Yeah. And again, projections are always hard because there are people who do one month projections, six month projections, a year projection of five year projections. Well, it's like knowing where you're going, but you're still in the sand, right? It's like yeah. riding a bike in the sand. You, you could see you're going to the pier, but you don't know exactly how you're getting there. It's kind of that same concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And honestly, uh, you should not be listening to this show. If you need me to say what, what I'm about to say, it is rated explicit, but I'm just going to say uh, earmuff your kids if, if they're in the room, but it's been a big old mind fuck. You know, it's, it's just been, uh, at least for me. Now, I've seen some people, at the very least, their outward appearance, um, they've been like, just like just Stonewall Jackson, just, you know, well, maybe that's not why he was called that, but, still, you know, he just, you know, I'm pushing through and it's not phasing yeah. me. And I, I'm the guy that, like, I couldn't even put that, I couldn't even portray that, much less not, yeah. not feeling it. You know, like, I, it was so rough. And I'm a guy... And it makes it even worse when you have a YouTube channel and a podcast. And, um, and I'm not saying you guys should. You probably you probably shouldn't, you know. But I got a lot of people that, um, you know, they're looking at me thinking, oh, my God, you know, this is, this is the guy. And I want to be clear. I don't think I'm the guy. I don't think I'm the guy. But I get dozens of messages every week where everyone's like, you're the guy. And I'm like, I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy. <laughs> but when everyone's saying I heard, that. I heard that you're the guy. Yeah. <laughs> but – it makes it even harder you know it makes it even harder because it's yeah. like i want to be honest and i want to be vulnerable and and show show the truth but um it's it, like people it look up tough, to you you know yeah yeah and, when somebody looks up to you you want to be on the pedestal that they put you mm-hmm. on you, well, know, you know and sometimes it, you're real like all of us are real it's it's hard yeah. to do well you know I, I i i'll stick my head in the sand you know like i'm i'm embarrassed to say that but it's actually who I am. So like, I kind of, uh, I'm not a guy of happy mediums. I'm kind of like, I'm extreme one way or the other. So when faced with hard times and it's kind of a crapshoot, flip a coin and we'll figure out which one I'm going to do. But sometimes I, you know, I don't figure out how to go over the wall or around it. I just put my damn head down. I'm like, I'm going through this son of a bitch. You know, I don't care. And then other times you know, I, I literally, I, I kind of like cower and I, I, you know, I take a lot of naps. <laughs> I take a lot of naps because the naps are the only way I can escape the anxiety and the stress and yeah, everything, yeah. you know? And uh, so anyway, it's, it, it was, it's been tough, you know, now uh, emotionally I'd say I've come through it. You know what I mean? Now my business still hasn't fully recovered. Uh, we're, you know, our projections, which I think were realistic, they were going to be difficult to hit, but I do think they were com- well, I'll tell you this much. We killed January's projection. We killed February's projection. And then in March, we were on path for our first $100,000 a month. On March, I think it was the 13th, we had $48,000 on the books for March. And when March 
and then just, you know, what, three days later, however, you know, it wasn't long and everything, you know, things were already kind of scary and then everything just went to shit. And, um, and I, uh, I think we finished March, I forget exactly at like 52 K. So the last two, we technically sold more than $4,000 in the last two weeks, but we had so many things cancel Mm -hmm. that the last two weeks basically didn't exist, you know, for us. So, and then it's just, you know, it's been a dip, but we're coming out of the business is kind of, kind of coming out of that lull. And then of course that took us right into our slow season, which is the summer and blah, 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 blah. Now I want to be clear. I'm not saying all that. I'm, I'm just talking. We're just two dudes talking here. I'm not, uh, I want to be clear listeners. Um, I'm not crying about that. It's just, it's just the truth, you know, and it hurt. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. So, you know, what's nuts though, is that hearing you say that is not, it's not common. I think a lot of the people that are in our industry and we all do it at certain times, it's always good right? It's when people ask you as a business owner, because a, everybody who's not a business owner, they think you're a fool and they think you're going to fail. Oh, what's your backup plan? No backup plan. This is my freaking plan, right? <laughs> so when somebody asks I a wish business that owner, wasn't the truth, <laughs> oh my, right? Right. Every family reunion is like, <sighs> but when, when somebody asks you, you always are like, oh dude, it's awesome, man. We're doing killer. Like, I can't believe it. You know, we're doing so good. We're doing this. We're doing that. Oh, it's so great right? You always wear that in your sleeve because there's so many people that are assuming the negative that I think there's a lot of people in our industry, especially through all this. We're like, dude, I'm doing so good right now. Yeah. I mean, like we only got like two days of work this week, but next week, man, it's going to be like, I feel like there's two things. There's that. And then there's also people convincing themselves, right? Yeah. Because like you said, when you're in that other mindset of like, oh man, this, the, the world is on fire right now. Like shit's hitting the fan. Like, your brain gets sad and you get out of touch. You get pulled away. You're not in it. So if you could stop that by being overly positive and trying to convince yourself just as much, it says, Oh dude, it's awesome. man! I can't believe it, man. It's doing great. Like, Oh man, how's the wife? Yeah. Oh, she's great, man. Everything is good. How's the family? Oh dude, they're so healthy. Kids are so smart. Like that is it. We talked about That's highlight so highlight reel before. Yeah, everything is so good, but like nobody, you know, you're not, oh man, how are things? Uh, it's, it's pretty good. I had actually the stomach flu and crazy diarrhea yesterday. Nobody says that, right? Like yeah, it's right. the highlight reel. And I feel like it's the same thing. Like we've talked about gross, that a lot. We've done a whole episode on your show, I think on the highlight reel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it is. Like people, they project something out because they're either going to want to be that, or it's to convince themselves that they are that so that they don't go into that same, like you know, depression of like, dude, this yeah. whole world is falling down. And, but when you see somebody be completely true, like what you just said, and uh, T squeegee did it too, where he was one of the things that I started watching right when it's all happening. He's like, literally, I'm not calling T squeegee out, dude, total man. This oh, is not no. anything I, negative. I saw the same stuff. I, I had utmost yeah. respect for him. Yeah. He, he just, he was like, you could hear it in his voice. He's like, dude, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I'm like going to have to find another job. And like, everything comes crashing down mm-hmm. to us business owners. We're like, Whoa, like that really hits. Cause like, we don't talk about failure. That's, yeah. you know, like it's just not a thing. So I think through all of this, there's been a lot of, you know, yeah, I make $200 an hour. It's the best year ever because they're putting that out there and they have to work harder at it. I don't know that it's necessarily true, but I hope it's, you, you know, your perspective on that actually makes me feel kind of bad because I've, when <laughs> I see people, well, when I, you know, let me explain, you've kind of, you've kind of called me out and I feel like a douchebag now because when I see people do that and it still probably doesn't make it okay. Cause if it's not truthful, that's not a good thing, but, yeah. but I'm, and I'm sure some people do it 
for the sake of deception. But uh, I think a lot of people, now that you're saying this, it makes sense, probably do it. It's probably a coping mechanism. It's mm-hmm. not a, it's not, they don't wake up and say, I'm going to try to mo- go make the world think I'm doing amazing. They're probably just saying, hey, you know, I, this is not what really fake it till you make it means, I don't think. But it's, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, let's mirror. do this yeah. and oh, I'm going to take over the world and I'm going to post a photo of a lion that says I'm coming for everything that they said I can't have and, you know, and, and all yeah. that stuff. And in reality, I'm just going back to bed and taking a nap because I don't have any appointments and I'm scared and I'm too much of a yeah. pussy to go out and make something happen right now. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's, but I want to read something real fast. As you were talking, it reminded me uh, right when everything hit. Yeah, or maybe I should say shortly after, because I've always, I've been open. I haven't necessarily been as open um, as I just was about like how much it affected me, you know, emotionally, but I'm just, yeah. I think I'm a living embodiment of cocaine. I've never done cocaine, but so I've been told you're like way, way high or you're like way, way low. And I'm, yeah, I'm like yeah. never in the middle, you know, and, yeah. but um, a, a buddy, Joe Shuttle, he's down in South Florida, actually, you, you probably don't know him. I don't think he does much of any window cleaning but he's a very successful entrepreneur and i was sharing some stuff and he reached out and he was like dude i really like what you what you said and he sent me this thing now apparently it's a really common little uh uh we'll call it a saying it's about four four or five sentences long i had never heard of it before but i want to read it for the listeners and guys i'm reading it for the first time and i have like a second grade reading level so bear with me but it's the banner currently of the no bitch zone facebook group it's it's the banner photo but it's a little uh thing called the man in the arena and joe joe sent this to me he said that he has it in a frame on his desk and it said it's not the critic who counts not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there's no effort without error and shortcoming, period, because there's not, Uh, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great uh, euthanisms, the uh, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Mm -hmm. That's a good saying. It was a new one to me. You guys may have heard it and been like, Bob, I heard that when I was in third grade. Well, you know what? Good for you. I was 42 before I heard it. <laughs> that is yeah. good stuff. So um, business, uh, you know, Josh, you, for those that are listening, gonna, and, oh, you got to step out. Well, show oh, no, show me no. something. I'm, I'm going to show you something. That, that same concept, this sits on my desk. Mm-hmm. Michael Mole gave this to me, and it's so that every day when I look at it, I realize that it's my world. Like oh, everything nice. that this is, the whole business is my world. I have the, like the con- complete control over if you're going to be happy that day, you're going to be sad that day, you're going to be, you know, going after it, or you're going to take a nap. It's your world. You could do any of it. It's just completely up to you. So it's love it. My For those listening to audio only, it's just a small little globe, but he oh, keeps yeah. on his desk as a reminder there. So, um, the, uh, for those of you that don't know, if you haven't listened to the episodes that Josh has been on in the past, 
Uh, Josh, he's been a serial entrepreneur, you know, the, his whole life. You know, I don't know if he ever worked for someone else. I'm not sure, but the, um, but he's, he's ran his own service businesses. I think he's got some other irons in the fire and he's, uh, I think his main gig, I think is um, he's a rep for WCR window cleaning resource. And actually, if you guys remember uh, the last podcast I put up was with my son, Caleb, which honestly was awesome. If you guys is the best podcast I've ever done and probably the best one I ever will do. If you haven't heard that one, it's just me and Caleb just reminiscing over the last three and a half years of building this business. We spent a lot of time talking about the fighting and, and him wanting to quit and stuff like that, but it was a great episode. And uh, in that episode, I tell a story about our very first job we sold was a mansion and I didn't own any real window cleaning equipment. And when I sold it, I, it closed on a Sunday. So Monday morning, window cleaning resource is who I called. And I was like, I need all that shit we were just talking about and I need it right now. And uh, it wasn't Josh at the time. Hold on. Excuse me. It wasn't Josh uh, who I was talking to back then. Too bad. That would have been a nice little, uh, nice little yeah. payday for you. But, uh, but still, yeah, same company, love the company. And Josh, uh, he's the guy, I, I just want to put a plug in right now. If you need window cleaning supplies, everything from basic squeegees, rubbers, and all that stuff, or big water-fed pole systems or anything in between, Josh is the man. Josh, real quick, give him your phone number, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, 862-312-2026, and that's a cell. You can call me or even just shoot me a text. Yep. And that's what I always – actually, I don't know if you're allowed to do this, so don't ask Josh unless he offers, but I'm actually on Voxer with Josh, and when I need something, I, I don't even get on the website. I just like, hey, Josh, I need this – I don't even know what it's called. I just need a thing that does this. Don't even tell me what it is. Just ship it and get it over here, and he'll be like, gotcha. Right. And, then, yeah. and then it shows up a couple of days later. So, it's, But that's what Josh does. He's, he's a rep for Window Cleaning Resource amongst other uh, entrepreneurial endeavors. And he and I have just – we've become pretty good buddies. We, we only got to see each other in person oh, a couple times. Actually, the first time yeah. I saw you, I didn't like you, Josh. Did I tell you that? No, no you didn't. I, I thought you wait. were – Yes, you did because you, th <laughs> you thought I was – uh, somebody else mr gucci himself oh no not no that wasn't the f first time i saw you that was just oh, first no. time I, okay, okay. I, I disliked you for a different reason before that <laughs> that's awesome tell me tell i'm me. a very judgmental guy i'm just it. a judgmental guy you know here's the thing first off listeners if you say i don't judge people bullshit you don't <laughs> bullshit do you know a good person let me listeners out there answer this question do you know a good person and your answer is going to be of course i do well, then you just judged them. You judge people. I judge people. I just tend to judge them more on the negative side. That's all. You know? uh, uh, now, I remember um, – this is so funny. This is terrible. This just makes – This is going to be great. I'm, I'm excited for this. Well, it's not even a crazy story. It just – honestly, it's just going to paint me as a bad person. But, but I'm this – I'm pot committed now. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, uh, uh, the, huge con the last huge convention that was in New Orleans – so that was four events ago because the, the most recent events happening tomorrow. So four events ago, if you include tomorrow's event, uh, I'm there. I had no clue who you were. Never met you. Never heard of you. You know, cause I was new in the industry. I didn't know anyone. I, I yeah. actually, I don't think I knew anyone at the event. Um, but on the last day they do like giveaways, you know, they're in the showroom floor where all the vendors are and they do giveaways and, I don't know if it was WCR that was, I think it was WCR. Actually, this wasn't even a giveaway. I don't think there was a, um, there was a guy that got injured and I don't know this guy. Uh, Diego, his name's Diego. Diego. Uh, yep. 
and uh, he had like fallen off of a ladder or something and uh, I won't go into all the details because I, I don't know what should or shouldn't be shared but he, he got injured he, like like severely injured couldn't work so they did they asked all the vendors to like auction off some items to help the guy out which I thought was awesome and when it was WCR's time to auction off whatever it was or give away whatever it was um, they did it and they were like hey Josh bring that up here and you were just kind of standing over there and you were kind of like kind of whistling you know silently or whatever you were doing I don't know if you were whistling and I, I, I looked at you and I'm like I don't like that guy and, uh, and then you picked up this box and carried it over there. And I'm like, he's carrying that box so smugly. Look at him. Just all smug. And you know, just oh, I remember like that. Little, I was, you were just like, smug like a bed bug, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, if you guys got that <laughs> reference, leave a comment in, in uh, somewhere and let me know that you've got the reference. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but the smug bed bug, uh, it's a TV show reference. But then I uh, met you, uh, met you a year later and I'm like, Oh my God, I've hated this guy for a whole year. Didn't even know him. And pretty good pretty good dude i love hearing about that too like you know from just doing podcast stuff like people are like i don't but i had people literally tell me that i grew this stupid goatee for uh covid like just as kind of like i started as a joke mm -hmm. literally people are like i don't like you with the goatee i don't i don't i don't think you could be my rep anymore i'm like oh ha 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 not talk to the person in two months now all because of that oh, so. kidding <laughs> oh so it's God. one of those things you know you yeah. can't help who likes you or who doesn't so be you why not right well i don't know who that guy is but you're a big old bitch just for the record <laughs> if you're listening to this so. uh, all right so josh before we started recording we wanted to talk about a topic and i think it might be difficult to keep it reined in because this topic really applies everywhere mm -hmm. so maybe I don't know. Maybe we can start about talking about how it applies to business. You know, maybe yeah. then we can turn and talk about family and talk about this and that. But um, what's we tricky just to, to yeah. go on that real quick, why it's so wide is because it's one of those things that people don't necessarily focus on. There's so many people who are like, I focus on growth business. I'm reinvent. Like they forget that there's so many other people, like everybody's self-made. I did this on my own, but they forget that there's everything else. Like you got your son, you got your wife, you got your, family members who you told in the first place and you, you have all those people that kind of come into it. So there's a lot of facets to it. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. I don't have anything else to say about it. Agreed. Yeah. Well, let me throw the topic out and then we'll just kind of start unpacking it a little bit. But we thought, you know, uh, we were kind of talking about asking each other, you know, what's, what are some things that are kind of near and dear to us? And you had brought up uh, managing expectations and I'm like, Oh my God, that's like, one of my things too, you know, I love it. And, um, I think it's one of the things that I probably overdo in my life, but it's like, I also think it's one of those things that you can overdo and it's really not overdoing it. And, uh, but I'm probably a little too cautious. I think I'm doing it right now as I'm telling you how I do it. I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm not, I don't like over overdo it. I just kind of, you know, I'm just setting my expectation with you on expectations. Right, right. <laughs> but, uh, but Josh, let's talk, uh, just business. Like, where, what kind of trouble can people get into or what kind of wins can people have by properly setting these things? I already, I have one thing on my mind, but I want to hear your, your thoughts first. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I just was talking about this maybe a couple of weeks ago, but even with the customer side of things is setting expectations to the point of this is what we do. I'm a pressure washer. It doesn't make it look new. It makes it look clean, you know, and mm -hmm. some people you get it and they're like, ugh. Like this concrete does not look good. And you're yeah. like, because it's 30 year old concrete, it's now clean 30 year old concrete. So 
even just letting people know, you know, like, hey, I'm going to do this window in window cleaning, but it's jammed. And if I do it, it may break. And they go, oh, yeah, you know what? Just do it anyway. You know, they're old windows. If we break, we'll jump out of that. Okay. I just want to let you know. Yep. I break the window. They go, well, we tried. I just mm -hmm. broke someone's window, but they knew the <laughs> expectation was there. Now, all of a sudden, they're not as mad as it could have been. Yeah. I, I had a woman one time. Um, I didn't have a woman. I had a client that was a female. And uh, <laughs> she, um, it was actually a job that we sold. I sold over the phone. It was earlier into, um, there was a period of time. It was just about two or three months where I did all my sales over the phone. Because like when we first built the business, I had plenty of time to run the appointments. Then we got really, really busy. And then I hired someone and I was able to go back to doing the quotes in person. Yeah. But I sold it over the phone and, um, you know, really, uh, well, I did not over promise. I mean, well, maybe I did, maybe that's the point of this conversation, but like we did our part ethically here, you know, and I just told her, I'm like, she's like, well, the house looked great. And I said, ma'am, I said, when you come home, you're going to be blown away at how great the house looks. And cause she's telling me it's got algae and stuff all over it. Um, she's like, okay, Ooh, that's amazing. You know, so we sell the job and actually, uh, I had already had an employee at this point, but, uh, so I sent the two technicians up to do the job and they do the job, they leave. And the woman calls me, you know, the next day and she's like, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not impressed. And I'm like, okay, well, talk to me about it. She goes, well, she goes, I mean, you just built it up so big and saying how I was going to pull into the driveway and I was just going to be blown away. And I pulled into the driveway and the house still looks bad. And what made me think of this is when you said, Josh, I'm not going to make it look new. I'm going to make it, make it look clean. And, yeah. you know, here in Florida, everything's stucco and a lot of stucco gets cracks and stuff in it. And like the stucco had been cracked and then someone like put like some clear silicon goo in there, yeah. which then gets like dirty crap in there. And then like, you can't clean dirty silicon, right? It's just dirty. Yeah. And she's like, I don't like this. And I'm like, uh, well, <laughs> there's nothing I can do about that. This is what yeah. it is. And she was just like, well, I don't like that. And that's not what you said. And I had, I had to refund the stinking woman. You know, I probably, I could have ethically stuck to my guns and kept my money, but I, you know, we have a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. I, I gave her, well, I probably couldn't have ethically done it because she wasn't satisfied, but you get my point. And, yeah. uh, but if I would have set a better expectation there, I'd have an extra, you know, 400 bucks in my pocket today or, some, you or know, it's, something like it's that. It's crazy with complaints. I mean, Mr. 500 himself, yeah. you know, you should know this. <clears throat> well, for, for those but. that don't know, uh, Josh is, uh, this isn't really important that everyone knows about it. Just a, just a little fact. A little, but little. today, my business crossed the 500 mark on Google reviews with a 5.0 rating. Anyway, carry on. That's nuts, by the way. Yeah. But here's the thing. That's what Any do. negative review is because you didn't meet somebody's expectations. It is either your crew didn't meet expectations, your job didn't meet expectations, your end result, right? They're paying for something. If I give you a brand new Ferrari and I give it to you for $1,000, you will not complain you got a Ferrari for $1,000 because it blew you away. You knew you were getting a Ferrari. You knew the price was amazing. You got the Ferrari. It's amazing. The problem is, is when you do something for somebody, they thought they were getting one thing and they actually got the other thing, even if they're wrong. I literally had a lady one time. This is years and years ago, uh, but I cleaned the whole windows. We get to a broken window. Of course, it's broken. We're not cleaning it. And I told the lady beforehand, I said, hey, just so you know, you have that broken paint in the back. We're not going to clean it because it's broken, you know, blah, blah, blah. We got the whole thing done. And she goes, the window in the back is still, the broken window is still there. 
I said, yep, because we didn't, we didn't clean it at all. She's like, well, I thought that you would be replacing the window. And uh, again, in this whole thing, not once did I ever say anything about replacing a broken window. I mean, it just had a crack in it. Yeah. I didn't say anything. If she would have said, hey, can you do all that? Do you have a glass guy? Can we do that? We would have worked out the price and I would have done it. None of it was talked about. She literally expected, her expectations were that I was going to clean everything and replace a window. But she says, you know, it's still dirty. It's still broken. You're leaving. Like, Do you remember when I said I judge people? Yes. I don't like that woman. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't like her at she all. She was a, a one and done client of mine because, and she was very cool, but she was very confused. But, but the, the whole thing is, is that if I, you know, if I set an expectation and I meet the expectation, there is nobody, there's no reason to be wrong, right? No. Hey, guess what? The price is going to be $400. There's your expectation for the price. Now, if I hand her the bill and it's $500, her expectation's not met. She's pissed at the price. Yeah. I get all that done. I tell her exactly what's going to happen. Hey, guess what? We're cleaning your windows. We're doing the outside only, which means we're not doing the inside sills. We're not doing the frames. We're not doing the screens. And she says, oh, great. Well, when you're done and she goes, oh, these frames are all dirty. You, you explained everything in the beginning. So having that expectation stops not only all the, the angry people, but it puts you on the same page. So now you're delivering what you're promising, basically. Yeah. Well, so... We'll, we'll stick on my pet topic, which is like, you know, you, uh, YouTube, uh, Google reviews. I'd love yeah. YouTube reviews if they existed, but they don't. Um, but, but Google reviews. Thumbs up the video if you're watching. Yeah, That's give us a thumbs up, guys. The, um, you know, one of the, one of the reasons. Oh, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay, I was getting a little garbly gook on my side. One of the reasons, um, and I would say the primary reason, actually, that we get so many reviews is um, because we set the expectation with the customer. Now, here's the crazy thing. It's not even setting the expectation of the quality of work they're going to get. But with them, we're setting the expectation that we expect to get a review from you if we deliver amazing service. Yeah. And now I'm not going to go all in on how I do that uh, because I teach it in my course and, and people have paid a lot of money to, uh, or a lot of people have paid money to, to go get that course. And you can go to nobitchzone.com, uh, check it out. And there is a promo in there, 8K special, the number eight, the letter K special. That's going to be good for another couple of weeks on there, save you some cash. But, um, but what we do is we uh, literally from like step one, we're explaining to the customer, here's what our goals are. You know, here's what we're trying to achieve. And then when the sales rep goes out there, he does it. And when the technician goes out, he does it. And then when the technician is done, he asks for the thing that, that we wanted. And if they don't give it to us right then, we keep asking. So we set the expectation early on, and then we make sure we ask. And it's funny. I, I have a lot of people, some people, it's not that I don't respect the others, but some people that I really respect in business, okay, um, they'll tell me, Bobby, that's great that you got all those reviews, but people around here just don't give them. And I'm like, you are so full of shit. Because if I pull my phone, are different. yeah, if I pull my phone out right now, and Google your city, and Google restaurants, guess what I'm gonna find? Restaurants with reviews on them. If I Google your city and type in carpet cleaner, guess what I'm gonna find? Carpet cleaners with reviews, and I can guarantee you, I can find some for what you do too. Uh, the the problem is, is a you haven't found a system that works. My, my system works, by the way, uh, and you can get it at nobitchzone.com. You haven't found a system that works. 
and you haven't been committed to it. You know, you haven't been committed to it. And there's a movie, it's one of my favorites of all time, Remember the Titans. And they're at a football camp, you know, early on into the movie. And the defensive coach says to uh, uh, Coach, uh, coach Boone, he's like, he says, the defensive coach says, Coach, here's some plays that we used to, won, to win the championship last year. He goes, uh, it might put a little creativity in the, the kids' minds because if you keep doing this boring veer option, they're just not going to perform for you. And Coach Boone looks at him and says, Coach, I run three plays, veer option. It's just like Novocaine. You give it time and it'll work. And uh, that whole, you know, it's just like Novocaine. You give it time, it'll work. That applies to so much in our business, specifically this thing. But like a key to, a key to success is doing the right things plus doing them every day plus doing them, you know, to the right people equals success. And, um, so if you, you know, if you wanted to say, well, that's not going to work here, whatever it is, I'm, I'm on my Google review high horse right now. You're just wrong. It'll work. Maybe you need to tweak it. Maybe I use a little Southern slang in mind because I'm from Oklahoma and you need to speak clearly and concise because you're from California. Okay, that's fine. Change up a, a thing or two, but it works, you know, it works. Yeah. And because we set those expectations, we get those types of responses and it, and it works. I do like that. People always say that to me too. Oh, yeah doesn't work in my area like oh what should i make an hour i'm never going to tell you what you should make in an hour but i know that for everybody you should be say 65 bucks an hour yeah. oh no 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 not in my area my people are too cheap 20 bucks an hour is the most i can make i think you're wrong like your clients aren't any different you're yeah. you know we're still a luxury we're still well and and the truth is there are ebbs and flows for instance yeah. if you're in san francisco you can probably charge five times more for windows than, than I can here in Florida, but your one bedroom apartment is going to cost you $4,800 a month, you know? So like there is some ebb and flow. I'm in Florida. I get really good prices for my area. And I think they're just fair prices for other areas. But, you know, so, I mean, I'm not saying there's no difference guys, you know, because markets are different, but you can't say you can't win in your market. I think that's our point. Yeah. Is that a fair, yeah. That's fair. Summarization of it. By the way, I want to tell you one thing. I had a guy just a month ago or whatever. We were talking about California. He's talking about wanting to leave and he just swapped out. So he's got a new lease and a new apartment and, but he wants to leave after everything's done. And he said his last apartment was a two bedroom, one bath apartment. He was paying $7,200 a month. Where was this at? It was in California. And I don't remember what part of California, but he was like two blocks from the beach is what he said. It wasn't even on water, but. He was, yeah. I don't, yeah, $7,200. You, you can't afford to live that close to the water in Florida. And we're like the armpit of America down here. I, you sure as hell can't afford that in uh, communist California, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so something that's been bugging me ever since you said it, Josh, um, you were mentioning your goatee, which by the way, I think looks great. You got the hair going, the goatee. Uh, I probably would have liked you less that first time I saw you back in New Orleans with the goatee. But since I know you, I'm like, hindsight. Yeah, I like this. I think, you, honestly, you got the mustache going. I think you should grow the grow them out on the side and kind of do the curly thing because I like it. You, it. It would fit you. But I'm sitting here. I'm growing out this beard. If you guys are watching on, on video here, it's kind of straggly. Is that the scraggly straggly beardly yeah and 
it's like at a phase where it's like it can't look good at its current length but i don't want to go shorter so like i've probably got two or three months ahead of me of like just looking like a homeless man but uh and then i have this like spot on my upper lip that everyone always thinks i have like snot or cocaine or something or powdered sugar on there that's not what it is but it's, nice. it's just white hair and i was too lazy to dye it but now i'm looking at you and i'm feeling very insecure so speaking of insecurity let's talk about marriage yeah uh, okay yeah was, that, that was a good one. segue i like it was it by the way of of all God, I got it. But of all people that I know, I uh, show my wife your posts most often. Like, hey, look, Bobby's on another date, and then she's like, "Oh, cut it out, cut it out," because we hung out with you in Disney, but yeah, not going dates with my wife like you get to. So yeah, you know, it's tough. We um, we've had to cut back. We do it about three times a week now, and uh, that's been really tough. Actually, I made a a post the other day on Facebook. I said, you know, it was me. Uh, you know, me saying, Melissa, I don't want to go to Disney Springs. I just don't want to go tonight. And then she said, I have to go tonight. I haven't been there forever. And then my response was, we were there seven days ago. And she's like, yeah. I know. And I need to go back now. And I'm like, it's, it's our thing. It's our thing. We like." I unfriended you as soon as I said, saw that it said that you said you didn't want to go to Disney Springs. I'm like, oh, it's fake news. Somebody hacked his account. And I <laughs> Someone hacked the account. Yeah, just, yeah it was it funny. I was surprised I didn't get more comments like that. I expected that. I expected people <laughs> to be like, you didn't want to go. Um, but, you know, as, as we were kind of chatting before the show, we were talking about setting expectations. And I, I'm real proud um, of the marriage that I have. It's not perfect. Um, I made my wife mad yesterday. I told her that I think she's about 2% full of Down syndrome yesterday. And uh, it I'll just be honest with you, it didn't go over well. When, when 2% is <laughs> a good number, though. 2% is not bad. That's, yeah, I said 2%. Know. And and I don't, and I'm not, uh, uh, I probably shouldn't have even said that. I, I don't, uh, I'm not being mean to anyone. Uh, if you're too there, sensitive but, about that, yeah. then this is the wrong show. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So anyway, you're probably right. <laughs> you're probably right. But um, yeah, just don't say that to your, your wife, guys. Another thing, uh, both happened on the same day. She was mad up at me for something else. And she was, she really wasn't yelling, but she was kind of yelling at me. And I said, I need you to stop. And she goes, why? And I go, I live in the no bitch zone. And um, not, not really hey, good. Yeah, that was a that was a bad call on my part, you yeah. know. So don't. Uh, <laughs> we learn, we learn. Men are just dumb creatures, anyway. It takes a little bit for us to get the. <laughs> well, so that being said, though, I will say, uh, despite those two stories you just heard, um, I'm real proud of the marriage I have, and and I got to hang out with you and your wife, and you know, I'm I'm convinced, I'm you know, I fully believe that you guys have a very tight relationship as well, you know, you, with your kids and everything, and um, you know. One thing that was so weird and just glaring when I first got into, uh, I guess when I first became an entrepreneur, you know, if I almost, I hate calling myself an entrepreneur, even though the name of my show is journey of a new one, I made sure to put new in there on purpose, you know, journey of a new one. Cause I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but, um, and I don't fully identify with entrepreneurs to be honest with you, but, uh, Shortly after I got into it, I get into all the Facebook groups, just like everyone else does. And I'm watching the YouTube videos. And one thing I constantly see, and you guys have seen it too, is people are saying, 
oh my God, my wife is, you know, she hates my business and she's just like not supportive. And I go out to work all day long and bust my ass. And then I come home and she's just angry at me because I'm not doing this or I'm not spending time here or, or doing things like that. And when I would see those posts now, guys, I want to be very clear. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. This is not hyperbole. I've literally never had that problem with my wife. Like if she's jumping my case, it's because I, you know, deserved it. You know, it's like something I did. She's just like the easiest going person out there. And I thought, wow, this is weird. Cause I've, I've literally never not felt the support from my wife. Um, now there's been times she didn't have the same goals as me, but like, and, and that's probably a part of the, the point of the setting expectations thing, but she's always been supportive of me. I actually worked more hours in my old career at one point during it, I should say, I actually worked more hours in my old career than I do as a business owner. When I was a security technician installing security systems, I was working 12 to 14 hours a day, Monday through Friday. And then I was usually working eight to 10 hours on Saturday. And I did that for a long, long time. Not a lot of family time left, you know, after stuff like that. Um, then we decided to move to a new market just so I could try to get into sales. So we literally moved halfway across the state we lived in around, you know, didn't know anyone where we were at. And again, worked long, crazy hours. I was in residential sales. So I was running appointments at night. So I never, I never saw my, my family. And then we moved to Fort Lauderdale from Oklahoma, same story. Then we went to, to uh, Virginia, same, you know, I had a three hour commute sometimes one way in Virginia, depending on traffic, you know, never came home to a wife that was, frustrated or angry or, or bitching at me about that stuff. And I say all that, um, uh, you know what, I am bragging a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm really, really proud of what we've done. But again, I think probably the biggest key to that secret, like I would say that's something that I'm really good at. We've been married 22 ish years at this stage in the game. I'm not sure if it's 21 or 23, but it's in that range. Um, is we've always managed or set those expectations. So just to give you a couple little examples of things that we did, and um, I mentioned being a security technician. We run a lot of debt whenever that happened. I was in my late 20s and we had heard about Dave Ramsey and we were doing the Dave Ramsey thing to try to get out of debt. So we sat down and said, okay, we think we can pay our debt off in about 13 months, which we did. And we said, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give ourselves uh, a really small entertainment budget, you know, so I was making, I don't know, almost $90,000 a year when I was working all those hours. Um, and um, I think we gave ourselves 200 bucks a month and we had five kids and that included school field trips. Like if it wasn't a necessity, it fell into that. So we just didn't have, we weren't spending a lot of money on much of anything and 13 months of grinding it out and never once an argument. Why? Because we both sat down and said, okay, here's what we want to achieve which was getting out of debt. And then we said, here's how fast we're willing to do it. So then we had to calculate the price. Well, if we want to do it that fast, this is what it's going to take, the, the, the time, the commitment. And we said, okay, are we willing to do, you know, are we willing to do those things? We said, yes. So we did it. There's no problem. Repeat the same story when we moved halfway across the state. Repeat the same story when we moved to Fort Lauderdale or when we moved to Virginia. And then, um, and then really, rinse or wash rinse repeat when I started a business now 
here's the, the thing, and I know I'm just going on a long rant and you haven't got a chance to say anything, but I'll kind of finish the thought and maybe you can tell me if this was a good or a bad thing. But when we, um, I wanted, and I'm going to put air quotes, uh, maybe I shouldn't put air quotes around wanted. I wanted, no air quotes, to start a, and then I'm going to put air quotes and say business for a long time. And the reason for the air quotes around business is I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. I just thought, hey, how cool would it be if you made a whole lot of money and you didn't have a boss? You don't have to work as hard. Yeah, that was kind of like my crazy thought. But I wanted to start my own business. It was in my blood. And I talked to her for a long time about it. And for probably a few years, and it never happened because she didn't want it. You know, because she, she had this, you know, she has her own insecurities. Like, you know, she, she, she's coming out of that shell, but she has a lot of like self-limiting beliefs. And she was so scared that if I tried to do that and we failed and then what happens, we're going to die and our kids are going to, you know, fall off of a cliff. And it was just going to be terrible. You know, if I started a business, you know, just something crazy. So in, through our process of here's the thing we want, here's how long we want it. Here's the price. Can we do it? And in my attempt to set expectations before I was able to convince her to do the business thing, guess what I did? I did what a husband that wants to stay married does. And I compromised and I put, I didn't say, no, I'm never going to pursue it, but I put it off and I let it kind of marinate for a while. And, and I eventually won her over and then me losing my job and everything. When all that happened, it was just kind of the perfect storm and we went with it and, and boom, but guess what? Three and a half years into our business, we've never, not one time have had a fight about the business. And, yeah. uh, and I'm proud of that. It's tough. It's really tough when you think about you have a partner, even if my wife has nothing to do with any of my businesses. She never, I said, literally, if I died, I had a key ring. I always joked it was my janitor a key ring, but we did janitorial. So I had backup keys for literally everything. Mm -hmm. I said, if I handed you this key ring right now, you wouldn't be able to even get in my building. You wouldn't be able to open up my <laughs> office. And she, that's, that's what works for us. But yeah. the whole side of it is, is that when we get into business, it's so uncertain that, they're taking a big leap also. So there's a lot of people who go, ah, she just doesn't get it. You know, like right now I'm working a lot. I got to put it back in. I got to reinvest it. Well, bring it up. Say, no. hey, right now for the next six months, I'm locking it down. This is what I'm going to do. By the time it gets six o'clock at night, I will be at the dinner table and we will have the night together. Yeah. If that's not the case, go, hey, guess what? Every single day, I'm not going to be there and I'm not going to eat dinner with you. But when it comes to Saturday, I'm there. Mm -hmm. Then it may not be awesome but you're not going to ruin expectations. It's the same yeah. thing. Your wife thinks that you think she's perfect. And then when you said she had 2% down, syndrome, <laughs> it, it broke her expectation of how you thought of her. Unfortunately, she expected stuff like that from me. So it wasn't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you know, I think another thing now, what I'm about to share is heavily opinion, you know, opinionated. So uh, I would not say that this is um, objective truth per se, um, it's what I think is right. Your mileage may vary, but, um, you know, I, you know, I think marriage is a sacred thing. And, and when I got married, my, the plan was for it to be forever and ever. Amen. You know, so far, knock on wood, that's been the case, you know, and that's my, my commitments to that. But the, um, I think what we've got to, especially in a marriage, what we've got to when did this turn into the marriage show? But ex and two dudes talking about it, right? Um, but but ex <laughs> where's Doctor Ruth? Where is she? <laughs> but I think in a marriage, 
you know, it's important to know that setting expectations is not, hey, babe, I'm going to do this thing. I know you don't want me to do it, but this is what's happening. Peace out. I mean, technically, you set expect expectations. Technically, you did. But if you want to be happy on that, you know, it's your job as the man or if you're the, if you're the wife and, and your husband's the one that's not on board. It's your job as the woman, the person that's not 50% committed, but 100% committed to this thing. It's your job to bring them around. You chose to marry them for better or for worse. And I, I think you owe it to your partner to, um, to, to work them up to it. If your spouse doesn't trust you enough to do something like that, that's probably your fault. Now, we all have mental things, and maybe they just have a weird trust issue. I don't know, but it's probably your fault. But what I do know whether it's your fault or not, is it's definitely your responsibility to get them there. And that's why, you know, I never did pull that trigger because I didn't have her there yet. And I worked on it and it took a few years and, and finally got her there. But even, even when she was like, fine, you know, not fine, but she was like, sure, go ahead, start a business on the side, you know, nights and weekends. Cause I set that expectation. Are you cool with me doing this? And I'll be committed to it for a while and we won't do much stuff. She's like, sure. That's absolutely fine. But probably a hundred times she was like, but you're not quitting your job, right? But yeah. you're not. And I'm like, I, oh my God, I told you, no. <laughs> Did we just open this up and find out that she said, fine, do whatever you want. And you were like, oh, sweet. I got the go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I did. Right. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. So, yeah. So um, I don't know, man. I don't know if I have anything else I want to add to that. I mean, what are your, I don't want to yeah. just like beat a dead horse here. Uh, well, like people want to be they want to have security more than anything, right? Like think about business. I was in the same boat you were, right? I was terminated from a job and I had already kind of started this and it was an easy transition at that point. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, either I don't do anything or I do this. And that's how I got into window cleaning in the first place. But most people aren't like, Hey, I got this great job, but nah, I think I'm going to do a window clean. I'm going to go ahead and quit it and see where this goes. Like you have, okay, let's go for this. And then as soon as I can't do it anymore and do both, then I jump into this. It's the same thing as a spouse. Like yeah. a spouse doesn't know, like they want security, right? They were like, Hey, we have this thing built. You were making this much money. We can plan on this. And now all of a sudden you're going to tell me you're a business owner. You've never been a business owner. Yeah. None of us were ever business owners before we were business owners. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of insecurity, insecurity. There's a lot of people just not quite wanting to take that jump. So that's where that spouse and that's where a lot of fights come into play too, is, is that somebody says, no, I'm doing this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do great. And they say, oh man, I have all these doubts. I have these concerns. And you go, oh, screw your doubts, screw your concerns. I'm doing this. This is how I'm doing it. I know it'll work out. Well, if you know something or you say, you know something and somebody else says, I got all these concerns, that's not coming to a compromise. That's not yeah. working it out. And that's not having the same expectation of where this is going. So that's where a lot of people I think have the turmoil with the spouses. You have a partner, even if you don't think you do in a spouse, just in general. Yeah. So let me throw this to the chat real quick, guys here in a second, we're going to come through. If you have any questions, they can't, uh, if they're window cleaning related, Josh is probably the guy to talk about, uh, if it's business related, if it's personal, if it's family, if it's marriage, all that good stuff. Um, I'm definitely not a marriage counselor or anything like that, but we can always share our experiences. Um, I do want to read a couple of comments that are in here, Josh. Um, uh, there was a, <laughs> someone, uh, James says he fell in love with the Novocaine speech. That's cool. Um, 
there was one I just saw. Oh, uh, Jason Thomas, as I was talking about some of the mean things I said to my wife, he goes, reminding the wife to do as she's told doesn't go far either. <laughs> uh, uh, Truth Seeker says, I tell my wife I should get a tax break for being married to her, kind of like Walmart Ooh. does. There you go. I like that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wild West Wash Services. Now, he knows how to do it. He says, Melissa is cool. So, Wild West, I'm, I'm sure she's going to listen to or, or see this eventually. You just got a big fan with her. Um, yeah. Truth Seeker says that his business always thrives when he puts his family first. It's a constant struggle, though. Uh, Ted or Tez says uh, communication is key when it comes to family and business. Mm -hmm. And um, that's uh, that's all that's all we got right now there in the chat. So, uh, yeah. Josh, we're we're not ending here, but we're gonna do a short segue, a quick segue into the duck horse thing. Now we've talked yeah. about this before, so I'm not going to give you the whole scenario. You know how it works. I mm -hmm. just can't remember. Are you a, I'm going to fight the giant duck guy or are you the, I'm going to kill the thousand little horses guy. I am still a thousand little yeah. horses guy. That's why I like you. Has anybody said the big duck? Almost everybody does. Really? My own son says he was going to fight the big fight duck. fight a horse sized duck. Yeah. I don't get it. I think people, Honestly, I think people think way too highly of themselves because I guess I mean a horse sized anything a horse sized grasshopper a horse sized well, you know <laughs> yeah. I don't care what it is yeah a, a horse sized horse think about that you can't beat up a horse sized horse no, no. you know what I mean people are scared of horses for why a do you think you're gonna beat up a flying two legged winged beaked giant shark beak? yeah, yeah. It's, I, I don't get it I don't get it Mm. All right. So Josh, I do got a question for you here. So Adam Davies, he says, Hey guys, are there any specific tools uh, or tips that would help someone with ADD, ADHD? Uh, when you said tools, I saw that at the beginning. I thought he was talking about window cleaning. Uh, yeah. I was fine for the first one, two years, but then now the initial excitement has worn off and it, uh, mm -hmm. a real struggle at times. You know what? Can uh, I'll take it, but then you can follow up because yeah. I, I'm not, I've not never been diagnosed with ADHD. My mom has it. Um, I, I almost don't want to get diagnosed just because I'm okay with the ignorance, you know, but yeah, I, I honestly, is yeah, but, but this, this is stuff I struggle with just staying focused. And Adam, one thing, what you said th that really strikes a chord with me, it says you were fine for the first one or two years, but now the initial excitement has worn off. Um, I can so, um, I can so relate to that, that particular statement. I get bored real quick. And I mean, like, even with like, I don't, I've been trying to talk my wife out of buying a home. I don't think it's going to work, but I'm like, babe, let's just buy investment properties. Let's rent a house year to year contracts or buy an RV or something. Cause it's like, once I've been somewhere for like a year, I'm, yeah. I'm just kind of like, ah, yeah. I want to do something different. Mm -hmm. And like in my own business, I've this year, if you just take COVID out of the equation, um, like coming into the year, we were rocking and rolling and the, the, the business was scaling and it was like, it was doing it without me. You know, I wasn't even working uh, hardly yeah. at all. I, um, I had an admin that took care of all the admin stuff. I had salespeople selling and my technicians are just freaking amazing rock stars and they're out cleaning the work and cleaning the stuff. And, you know, I would wake up and I'd, you know, maybe, you know, about once to twice a week, I'd drive to the office and say hi to my admin for 15 minutes. And then I would uh, 
stick around on my phone for a while, watch some YouTube videos in the car. And then I would drive to my cigar bar when it opened up near the house and I'd have a cigar and a beer or two. And then I'd go home and I'd take a nap. And now here's the thing. I just described some very bad things. Now, I don't mean bad that I was smoking a cigar or having a couple of beers because none of it was, well, the cigars were definitely in excess, but, but for me, I, I, I don't think I was burnt out as much as I was. It wasn't new and shiny anymore. Yeah. And I kind of needed something else. So there's a couple of things, uh, two things I would recommend. One, play a game or a trick on yourself and give yourself some tasks within your company that maybe you haven't done. And you might say, well, Bob, I do everything. Well, that's fine, but you don't do everything. You might do everything that gets done, but you don't do everything. So there's already some things that are, you know, balls that are getting dropped. Drop a different ball. Find a, find a ball that's been dropped pay attention to that one maybe let another one drop right now that's really bad business advice but if you're the stubborn person that won't uh hire people when you need to you know maybe that can do it for you um if you do have people you know put the right people in the right seat and that includes you you know don't have a technician in a salesperson's seat and if you're um if you're a visionary you don't need to be in the operations seat you know making operations happen you need to find the who instead of the how, you know? Um, so those, those are a couple of little practical things, but one thing I've got right in front of me here, I'm showing it to the people on, uh, uh, on the YouTube, YouTube stream is it's called a full focus planner. Now you can use any kind of planner, but I'm the kind of guy, I don't write shit. I, I'm, you know, I, I always laughed at people for years, basically since the first iPhone came out, because I got the first iPhone within a month, I've laughed at people that, use paper and you know i'd tease them caveman stuff and you know rocks and chisels and stuff like that and i've started using this planner now this planner the full focus planner by michael hyatt google it, it's really good um it's set for a one quarter at a time so they he's got this whole system you can watch his videos and he teaches you kind of how to do this and build your stuff around it and um you can someone says in the thing it looks like a bible and i'm like only except for the fact that i'm holding it but uh <laughs> but the um uh but this planner basically it helps you break down your goals for the quarter so you just have to set a three-month goal and then from that quarter what it does is every week it walks you through a process of saying okay what do i need you know here's the three big things i need to accomplish this week and if i do it's going to point me, get me closer to that quarterly goal. And then of course I have a daily big, so I have a weekly big three things I got to get done. And then I have a daily big three things I got to get done plus all my other stuff. And literally there's something weird. I think there's a dopamine effect. There's just something in your brain that when you physically write it down and not put it in your phone, but if you physically write it down, the fact that it's a chore to take this book with you everywhere and make sure it's always with you. And I don't take it with me on a date or something, but you know, it's, it's always with me if I'm any sort of working capacity um, and make this book kind of like your Bible, you know, from a productivity standpoint, that's helped me out tremendously. Josh, you got yeah. any advice? I love the ADHD and ADD thing because one of the best traits you can have as a business owner is ADD. Like, I mean, it sucks as much as it's great, but here's the thing. With ADD or ADHD, you're hyper-focused, but you can't focus on one thing. So a lot of the times, people get lost. They get lost on themselves, and they, they get too many things to happen. They're trying to do it all, and nothing ends up happening. So what you can do is focus on a task, like Bobby was saying, 
if you focus on a goal and you write down a goal and break it down into what are we doing this week? What are we doing this month? What are we doing this quarter? What are we doing this year? The getting to that, you can hyper-focus on those little itty bitty things to get an overall goal. And everybody hits that seven year itch, that Mm -hmm. kind of boredom thing. I mean, that's where it'll go back to marriages. That's why a lot of marriages fail after a certain amount of time is because they go, this is boring. Been there, done that. No pun intended. Like I got to find something new you know, instead of working on what they have, they look for something new and that's business. A lot of people in business do something else. I owned a window cleaning business. I sold that. Now I sell window cleaning stuff. Yeah. Kurt, great guy, owned a window cleaning business, sold that now does software for window cleaning. Yep. A lot of people get stuck in that mm-hmm. because they get bored with what they're doing. And the only way to get out of that is to either hyper-focus on something, which it's very hard, but once you create an overall goal, like what does a million dollars look like? I want a million dollar a year what am I doing today? What am I doing every day? What am I doing? You know, focusing on that, you're retargeting and you're getting your brain back into it where if you just sit back and look at everything that has to get done, somebody with ADD, somebody with ADHD just gets lost. They get lost Mm -hmm. or one task. Hey, here's the one thing you're supposed to do. Don't because here's the thing. When I work, I got two monitors running and a separate computer running. And when I start work, I turn my Alexa on so that I have music playing with everything else. Yeah. That's when my brain is the most comfortable is when I have a thousand things going on because then I can target and work my way through certain things to find to make sure things get done. It's the same thing. You just, you kind of have to push yourself to focus, but focusing by so many things helps you focus on one. Yeah. Agreed. And last little tip, and then we'll move on to the next comment here. Um, Now, I don't think, Adam, you're describing being like discouraged or depressed or anything like that. But when I am, you know, when I am filled a lot of anxiety and discouragement, um, just uh, exercising. And if you looked at me, you'd be like, you exercise? Uh, Not very often, to be honest with you. But uh, one thing I've started doing is I'm just doing push-ups. And I'm not doing it every day because uh, I'm old and I need recovery time. But I've started doing 100 push-ups a day. And the goal is you know, I'll be doing a hundred pushups every day. And then I want to increase that. So find some, do something different. Maybe you need to give yourself a short break. Maybe you need to force a week off. Who cares if it fucks shit up for you? Maybe you need a break, whatever, but uh, do something different. Try, try using a planner like this. It helps you stay focused. And, and, and that in itself being new to you kind of helps you because it's like, Oh, I got this thing I'm working on. So, so do those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a technical question here, Josh. Um, Jason says, is there a difference between water-fed pole and other washing techniques results-wise? So, yes, sort of. So, they both do the job. They're both tools. Obviously, you can't use a water-fed pole in someone's living room. But with a water-fed, you are cleaning um, frames. So, technically, you're a little bit better that way. And then with the water-fed pole... Again, this is such a small little thing. You hear people talk about it, but a water-fed pole doesn't leave residue where even when you squeegee off soap, it does. I don't believe in that, but basically they're the same. I'll put a water-fed system on every crew, every truck, every guy has one. If they use it or not, it's up to them. And I bet you it gets used probably 90 plus percent of the time, unless it's like a little old lady's house or something with six windows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the... I pretty much agree. I think uh, the thing you got to realize, the only thing in my opinion where water-fed poles um, tend to not do real well is if a window is really, really bad and nasty Um, because the brushes have to be gentle so you don't, you know, scratch the glass. That being said, we use them on 100% 
of the jobs that we do. We tell our customers, so here's the way we sell our window cleaning, is we tell them that we're cleaning water-soluble material. So if water and a little bit of elbow grease doesn't get it, we're not taking it off. And um, in three and a half years, I can count, it, it wouldn't even take a whole hand to count how many people have been disappointed. However, we did set the expectation early on. You know, so, yeah. uh, so, you know, a handful of people, you know, weren't happy with it. You know, you can't win with everyone, but, but I'll take those. Here's, here's the thing, guys. Uh, let's turn this into uh, not just technical talk, but where I think a water-fed pool is an extremely valuable business um, add-on. And uh, if you need a water-fed pool, Josh, I've got three systems out in, in my office. I bought all three from his company, two of them from him directly, and, and all future ones from him directly. But um, the, uh, here's the thing about water-fed poles. They're easy as hell to train on. Now, I think Josh, I've heard him give opposite advice of what I'm about to. So he's probably got more expertise than me. But I'm telling you, my experience, it takes no time to train somebody. I have a video. I made a video. Uh, when an employee starts, they have to watch our training videos. They know how to use a water-fed pole before they even show up to the job on day one. Uh, you know, I show them like, here's the basic, or here's the typical things where you'll screw up if you're not paying attention to it. Here's what you need to do. And then on the very first job, a technician goes out, shows them one time how to set everything up, cleans a window. Can you do that? Yep, I'm good. Boom, we're off and we're rocking and rolling. Yeah. Okay. And they're making so, production money at that point, and which is yeah, crazy. Literally on day one, you have a guy that, you know, you can do 150 bucks an hour on outside window cleaning with a water fed pole, no problem. Okay. Now the, uh, uh, the second thing is it's easier to mess up your quality or it's easier to have poor quality, um, doing it traditional. Now I think, if I think a lot of people probably just fell out of their chair, a lot of these, well, they probably don't listen to my show, but these, you know, I've been cleaning windows for 30 years and water fed poles are stupid. That's fine. But what I'm, what I mean is this, if you genuinely scrub everything off the glass and rinse well enough, there's no, um, there's no streaks, there's no smudges, there's nothing. So it's like, it removes your, uh, it removes moving parts, if you will, or makes it a lot easier for your technicians to, uh, leave a great product for your customer. So for us, we actually dropped interior window cleaning from our company because all the outside stuff, we can do at a much higher, uh, you know, hourly rate. So, um, so water fed pole window cleaning. We, I was just talking with my guys about this yesterday because one of my technicians, he's like, I think I want to design a water fed pole for the inside of the house. And I'm like, I think you're gonna have a hard time doing that, but okay. But anyway, um, they were like, why do we use these things? Because that's all they've ever used. They don't even do traditional window cleaning. And I, I explained all these things. I'm like, it's, it's faster for you. You make more money. I make more money. The quality is better for the customer. And uh, if you get in a real bind, if you get in a real bind and the glass is really bad, you can still clean the glass with a scrubber initially and then come back with a water-fed pull at the end. Worst case scenario. Yeah. Did I give any I bad advice there, Josh? No, no, no. That, that's basically it. Everybody, if you could do it with a scrubber and a squeegee, you can do it with a water-fed pole. People go, well, what about paint? Well, that's a razor. Like you're, you're, you're cleaning that with a razor, right? Yeah. But uh, with a water-fed pole, it takes us, I have a two-minute, two-and-a-half-minute video that I send customers that are like, hey, I want to know how to use it. Two minutes, I can show you how to use it, like you mm -hmm. said. For my text within an hour's time, I then don't have to have somebody shadowing them within an hour of somebody shadowing, making sure this is what I do it, blah, blah, blah. Yep. They're out there doing it themselves. 
with traditional window cleaning at six weeks, I have them shadow on the long end for six weeks. Yeah. That's the difference between the two systems. It's just that much. And that's extremely that. expensive. Like when you start, Training some of you guys, super expensive. Yeah. When, listen, now the people that have been doing this for a while that monitor their P and L, they get what I'm saying. If you're newer into the business, because I remember when I first started my own business, um, hearing people talk about how like every time you hire someone, it's like a $6,500 expense. I'm like, bull crap. It's not 65. Well, when you start looking at everything, it is because you hire someone, which costs money, takes your time, takes your employees time, you know, to hire them. But then once you've hired them, when you're training someone, you're double paying mm-hmm. for a job. You're double paying labor. Double paying for somebody to only make like $10 an hour in production because they're going this slow to like yeah. figure it out. And they do those same windows six times. Yeah. So if you, um, so yeah, so a water fed pole, I normally don't like talking about all the technical stuff, but I think for the type of business that I'm in, it's a, you don't need it to get started. Uh, you, you know, make sure you spend money on marketing. You know, if you only have so much money, you've got to market at the beginning, but once you get the money, if you're bringing on employees, absolutely get one. Uh, th- there was a funny comment in here. Cause if you remember Adam, the guy asking about ADD, he said, uh, you know, are there any specific tools? And I said, Oh, I thought he meant real tools. Um, truth seeker says when he said tools, I thought he was talking about Bobby. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> guess who's not eligible for any giveaways on the YouTube channel. Right. Now, truth seeker. Um, all right. Uh, Adam did say that was very helpful and, and said, thank you. And said, what's the name of the planner? It's the full focus planner. It's really good stuff. All right. DJ Tino one, two, three says, I just put together my uh, startup rig and need more jobs. I have had nine leads in two weeks and closed four of them on average of 300 a job. And then he says, I know not much. I tried Facebook, got three leads, Google and Yelp, no leads, any advice? Yes. I'm going to let Josh go first. And then I've got some, some thoughts as well. Yeah. So uh, here's the thing that people don't realize is that selling is a job. Selling is a, a skill. So if you feel like, hey, you know what? My prices at $300, they're not, they don't seem out of the realm. And you're only closing four out of nine that you have leads coming in where you're getting your leads. It may be something that, hey, pick up a sales book. Like, let's see how sales work or where the, you know, where the mind goes when it comes to sales. That's the first thing altogether. The second thing is hustle. This I would never tell anybody in person or directly to them because I don't know your hustle. I don't know your struggle. But your hustle is what brings in work. If you're working eight hours a day, but you don't have eight hours of work to do, you're still working eight hours a day to go get that. So, you know, you may be able to up that a little bit, um, kind of get it more out there. Customers are hard. It's your car just broke down. You're starting to push it off the highway. That beginning, you're doing all the work. There's nothing. It's not helping itself. It's pretty tough. So, but stick with it and, and that really will help you. Yeah. I, we could probably stop right there, but we all know I'm a talker and we're not going to stop right there. Uh, so first off, I, I want the very, 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 very first thing uh, I've got to echo what Josh said, which is the hustle. It is important. It is important to have good sales skills. I think mine are good. I don't think mine are phenomenal. Um, I'm probably above average if I, you know, if I, if I'm grading myself, I think I'm above average, but if 50 out of a hundred is average, I'm probably like a 65, you know, I don't think I'm phenomenal. 
Yeah. So um, it is, you do have to have skill, but you can, especially when, if you're a solo owner operator, which I'm assuming you are DJ, um, you can outwork the lack of skill, assuming you have a lack of skill in this department. Okay. We don't know. Uh, because if you get in front of enough people, you'll find people that just need your service and they don't need to be sold. They just need it. Mm -hmm. And you were there and they're like, okay, let's do it. Okay. Uh, so DJ, if you did not make sure, go back and listen to the podcast. I, it was the previous podcast, the one right before this one, uh, you're watching on YouTube. So if, if you don't subscribe to my podcast, it's called journey of a new entrepreneur. It, uh, and it's the most recent one that's out there right now. And I did a recording with my son. We talked about uh, growing our business and everything we did, especially early on. And all we did, uh, if you heard the story that I was just sharing with Josh, you know, we got that first big job and then I had to buy equipment and overnight it. We were literally out selling stuff out there selling, trying to sell things when we didn't have the equipment to do it. Now I did have a couple of Home Depot squeegees, but you know, we were out there selling things and we did not have the equipment to do it. So, you know, be out the door no later than eight, you know, I don't like being at a business right when it opens, to be honest with you. So getting around eight, eight thirty to get out the door is not a bad thing. And then don't plan on walking back in the door before five, you know, cause door knocking a business at four thirty is probably not a good thing. So just don't be home before five. Okay. If you did that every day and all you're doing is getting in front of people, whether it's businesses or homes, and if it's homes, you can knock those even at night and you're going to piss some people off but you're going to sell some too. My buddy, Gabe Torres, he used to sell security systems door to door. He sold one at 11 o'clock at night. One time is this neighborhood he was in. Every time he was in it, this one house was always empty. No one was ever there. One night it was at 11 o'clock. It may have been 10 o'clock. I can't remember, but he saw a light on. He knocked on the door, sold the guy right there. You know why? Because the guy worked when everyone else wasn't working. He was finally home and he's like, hell yeah, I need it. Yeah. All right. So get in front of people. That's, that's number one. Number two, well, number one is get in front of the right people. So make sure you're hitting the right ones. Number two is get in front of people. And then number three, you need to get your message out there quick. So if you're doing flyers like we did, your flyers need to have a good basic design. I'm not going to go real deep into this because my course that I have, the new entrepreneur's toolkit goes very in depth on this and even has templates that you can download and edit for yourself and, and use. But you need to make sure that you're getting your message like on your printed material to that customer in like the first second that they're looking at it. It doesn't need to be real pretty. It doesn't need to be real flashy. It, if you do window cleaning, it needs words that big that says window cleaning on the front, just huge words. So they know exactly what you offer. So if you're getting in front of a shit ton of people every day and you're getting your message to them, when you do it, you will have success. If you remember, we said it earlier, you do the right things, you do them to the right people, you do them every day, it, it will equal success. But it's like Novocaine. Sometimes you got to give it time. You know, you got to give it a yeah. little time. Because uh, the law of averages are, the law of averages can really hurt you at the beginning. Because if you're unlucky and you're, you know, getting some of the bad results early on, it feels like nothing will ever work. Some yeah. people start out and they get lucky and they get good results at the beginning. But the law of averages, everyone's kind of going to get the same type of thing. Does that make sense, Josh? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, the other of, thing yeah. I was going to add to that too is follow up. The big thing is, is that initially a lot of people, when they start selling, they assume that when somebody says no, they're saying like, no, Bobby, like, I don't like you, Bobby, but they maybe don't know the product. They don't need the product. Bucket Bobs don't follow up, a business follows up. So 
All those yeah. other ones that you didn't sell, call them in a week. Send them a message, shoot them a text, email, whatever. Hey, just checking back with you. I just wanted to see if you had any other thoughts of anything. I send follow-ups to people who I know have bucked with other people. Hey, I just wanted to let you know. I know you didn't choose us. I know you went with that other company. I hope everything's okay. Did you have questions on anything that they did? Uh, or, you know, how was everything? Did everything turn out great? Follow-up means that you're in this, you're invested in it. It's a, it's, you're going to get more our percentage, by the way, real quick, with the salesperson uh, was 63% of our closes actually came, no, I'm sorry, 83% of our closes came from follow-up and the rest came from uh, first-time visits. Wow. Letting you wow. Know. That's impressive. Yeah. I, that's, that's crazy. Um, so, uh, DJ, one, one last thing, maybe, maybe two last things. Um, one little strategy that helped me, because here's what's going to happen to you if you don't implement this right away. Anyone that's been doing this for any amount of time, and I guarantee you Josh is going to say he did it too. When you first start your business, if you genuinely are out there cranking it out, you know, you, you wake up in the morning, you grind it all the way till the sun goes down, here's what's going to happen. You're going to market, 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 market by doing all that stuff. Then you're going to sell, 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 sell. And then all of a sudden you have a shit ton of work to do. So now you're work, 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 work. Well, guess what happens? You were working and you were not marketing at that point. So your revenue starts doing this. And for those listening to the audio, I'm just making a roller coaster, you know, uh, mm -hmm. motion here. It's going to go up because you marketed and now you sold all that work. Now you're not marketing because you're doing the work and then your revenue drops. So what we did in our business um, is to fix that problem. And it fixed it instantly as we said, okay, no matter what, now this was until we outgrew it, but you know, we, then I hired someone. We said, no matter what, we start out, no matter what, we're marketing four days a week. And then whenever that got too full, we said, we're marketing three days a week. And we only got down to the three. Um, and we made those sacred days. It didn't matter if someone said, I'll give you a thousand dollar job, but you got to do it on Tuesday. Well, I'm sorry, Tuesday is one of our marketing days. And that allowed us to stop that um, revenue roller coaster. And then what happened is once we were like, shit, I don't, I can't even do three days of marketing. That's when I hired someone that allowed me, uh, my technicians to do the work and me to now be fully involved in the marketing side of things. And it helps out a lot with that. Um, Josh truth seeker says, asks, what do you do when they say not right now on the one week follow-up? So I think he might be, yeah talking about uh, like an automated follow-up that goes out. I'm not sure. Or if he yeah. just does it, but what, what do you do when someone says that? Absolutely. If I follow up with somebody and say, Hey, it's Jersey calling from XYZ window cleaning. I just wanted to follow up with your last talk. We talked a week ago, blah, blah, blah. I give them my whole pitch, let them know who I am, what we do one more time real quick, not to waste their time. And they go, Hey, not right now, but thanks for the call. Hey, not a problem. Uh, I'll follow back up with you. And again, this will depend on the season usually, but I'll follow up with you in a couple months and we'll see where you're at. Yeah. And that right there is all they were looking for was a, they're looking for a, an end of the conversation. A lot of the times, if it's a commercial uh, job, like a route storefront, I'll, I, no problem. I'll follow back with you a couple weeks. Yeah. A couple weeks is not a specific date. So they can't tell you they're busy. A couple weeks is enough time where they're going to forget about it. And you're also making it short, quick. Hey, never mind. Hey, no problem, man. I'll uh, talk to you later. And yeah. all of a sudden they got you off the phone. But when I call back in a couple of weeks, hey, uh, we talked last time. You said you weren't interested. I said I'd give you a couple of weeks. So I'm just making good on my promise, uh, seeing where you're at. 
all that all that does now all of a sudden they go well this guy isn't that guy that's looking for beer money like this is a real company he yeah. really followed back up or if he really likes same, beer yeah that's very true yeah. very true <laughs> but if they say the same thing i go hey not a problem you know i'm gonna keep bugging you but i'll give it another couple of weeks and we'll see where it's at and if anything changes before that let me know right there they're they're at ease i'm not high pressure i hate high pressure i'm not high pressure it doesn't get anybody i'm not forcing somebody to say yes but i'm gonna stay with them because guess what eventually who they have doing because if they're a route job and it's window cleaning or even pressure washing there's either somebody's doing it they're doing it or it's not getting done at all yeah well if it's not getting done at all it sure looks like it and you can bring that up but if it's getting done by somebody else that's the hardest one to overcome eventually that guy won't show up eventually that guy mm -hmm. will do a crappy job or eventually that guy just you know won't make somebody happy i've literally got jobs from following up regularly that said hey you know what Every time this guy's in here, he makes the whole office smell like cigarette smoke. I hate it so much. We've just had enough of it. He was just here. It reminded me, you know what? Let's go with you. It was literally the dumbest things, but it was in their brain and I'm following up. They're yeah. going to know who you are and, and you're the one they're going to call when that guy doesn't work out. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if I have anything to add to that. Oh, I, w the one thing I will add is I don't even think Josh deliberately did it, but tying into our theme of setting expectations a very good strategy to use when you are following up like that is you tell them, all right, cool. I'm going to follow up with you here. And, and then you give them the time frame. Now, depending on the job type, uh, maybe it needs to be two weeks. Maybe it needs to be three months. Maybe it needs to be two days. You know, so you've got to determine that time frame because you, you spoke with that person and you know, you know, what's going on. But uh, especially if you get their voicemail, especially if you get that, or if you send them an email, uh, say, hey, if I don't hear back from you, I know things are crazy. I'll follow up with you and then give them that timeline. Like, yeah. yeah. If I leave a message, it's always quick because they're going to call me back then or they'll just be like, he'll just call me back. And I literally yeah. will. Yeah. And and what that'll do, it may not, I mean, it's going to win more jobs for you, but it's also going to save you time because when mm -hmm. people, when you tell them, hey, I'm going to follow back up with you, it, they probably won't write then. But the next time you follow up, if they're not going to buy you, buy from you, they'll say, no, thank you. And yeah. we don't want to hear a no, but we want a no or a yes. We don't want to, I'll think about it. Right. So okay. don't, quick, don't waste my time. Exactly. With Let the me quicker know. you can get to the no, mm -hmm. if that's what the answer is ultimately going to be, the more time you have to prospect for new clients. So, and, and um, a no just means not right now. There is no such thing as a no, because again, they're either doing it themselves, not doing it, or they're having somebody else doing it. If that other person doesn't do it, they're going to be in need. If they're not going to do it, they're just not going to do it. So it's usually a no, not right now. Just push it out a little farther. All right. So a couple more here, unless something else comes through. Uh, gosh, I, I just saw these. Oh, someone said, uh, come on, guys. You need to wait till I get off work because we're streaming on YouTube right now. And they're like, dude, it's not even <laughs> five o'clock. Uh, another right. guy said, Wild West. That was Michael. Wild West says, uh, I'm getting paid to listen to this. I am at work. So Michael, oh. I'm going to give you props and a little bit of shame on that. Dude, go go work, man. Go go earn that guy's <laughs> uh, uh, So uh, Truth Seeker says uh, it's frustrating when they tell you they uh, got a letter from the HOA, but they pass on you. It's obviously a price thing. Here's my short thought on the uh, probably not ultra short, but let me give you my thought on the price thing. Um, <laughs> setting expectations. Yeah, <laughs> setting. That, I, I told you guys this is a pet thing of mine. Um, I actually drive myself crazy on that, like. I do it too much. I, I overdo it. But the, um, here's the thing. 
not everyone's going to be your customer. Okay. Not everyone is. Now I, I believe because I've seen too many people online, they fall in love with that phrase a little too much. I think you can have an unhealthy attitude of, well, they're just not your customer. A timeout. I want everyone's money. I want everyone's money. So I'm not the guy that's going to be like, oh, they had a bad attitude. I don't want their money anyway. No, I love people with bad attitudes money. I just don't like their attitude, but I want the cash, right? So, but we do have to understand that we're not going to sell them all. I live in what I'm, you know, just a few years back, I would consider an amazing neighborhood. Now it's, it's not super, super fancy, but I think it's badass. You know, it's badass for me. Um, the people that live in a neighborhood, I'm probably one of the poorer people in my neighborhood. Um, they don't, I don't sell much stuff in my area and it's full of homes that are 350 to $550,000 homes, but they don't buy my products in there because we're kind of overpriced for that particular, you know, for that demographic. I'm not buying services from T I can probably hire another company to pressure wash my, my stuff and actually come out better than taking my guys off of the <laughs> off of jobs and come and do in my house, you know, but um, so not everyone's your customer. You got to know who your target demographic is and uh, and don't, don't let that get to you because there's plenty of people out there that do match your demographic that can, uh, that are going to buy from you. So I think that remember you do the right things to the right people. That's the key on this one. And you do it every day. So uh, I, I think, I don't think true seeker was looking for advice. I think he was just kind of sharing his thoughts, but, uh, but there you go. Josh. Yeah. It, when you're new, it's really hard to get a no. Cause you want everybody. I can't believe it. Yeah. But then you get to a certain point in your business, you go, you know what? I don't necessarily, I know I'm not going to have everybody. And that's kind of it. There will always be somebody who's doing it for a dollar. And yeah. there's no way to chase the competition. If you chase the competition, it's the race to the bottom and then nobody wins. So getting into the understanding that everybody's going to be your customer also shows you that your price is right. If you're closing 80, 85% of your bids that you're doing, your price is right. If you're doing hundred percent of your bids and then once a year, somebody says, no, your prices are way too low. You shouldn't yeah. be there because there's some people who are just based off prices. There's always going to be a, a McDonald's cheeseburger for a buck. And there's always going to be a steakhouse cheeseburger for 15 bucks. It's just, what are they in the market for? Sometimes you're in the market for something different. Yeah. I, I saw someone today online in a maid service. I'm in some maid groups because my wife has a maid service uh, business. And someone was saying that our prices are really high and we close 100% of our leads. And I'm thinking, prices well, are high. I think you're lying because even if you're free, someone's not going to use you. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? But, but yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Actually, uh, truth seeker already responded. He said, thanks for the input. He says he's closing 90% of his paint jobs. Like he has a paint company. He says, obviously that's too low. I have too low prices there. I'm striving to get what I deserve with washing. Um, Wild West wash services. I mentioned beer a second ago. He says, I like beer. Um, and then John <laughs> with above and beyond services says, I've always heard good things about Jersey. Well, John, you didn't hear him from me. That's, that's, yeah. um, that's I don't have 500 reviews about myself though. So just saying <laughs> they're all, oh, I can only pay off so many people. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So Josh, you got any new uh, projects coming up here in the near future or, or what kind of, you still just going to do the sales thing. You got any new, uh, new adventures coming? Yeah. So uh, doing that sales and then we do a lot of media stuff too. I have the uh, second best podcast behind yours, uh, doing that, a lot of that media. And then our huge convention actually starts, if you're watching on YouTube tomorrow, 
it is virtual this year, which I'm kind of bummed about. Like Bobby was saying, yeah. like I'm a, I want to see Bobby in person. I want to wear a fanny pack and uh, short shorts with a cutoff just to hang out with Bobby. But you can't that do that virtually. Happened. So. That actually happened. It actually happened. Yeah, <laughs> caught everybody off guard, but I liked it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the same thing. You know, uh, I get to still do what I love to do, and I know I've been in the industry for 15 years, so you know, I still get to do window cleaning, pressure washing stuff. It's just a little bit different. So I dig it. Cool. Um, we're not leaving yet guys. We're not done. we got a couple more questions that popped up, but real quick, Josh, uh, what's the name of your podcast? And you do a lot of your content on, uh, Facebook. So tell people where they can find those things. Then we'll get into this next question here. Yeah. Yeah. It is WCR nation the winter cleaners podcast on YouTube or anywhere podcasts are, of course, uh, we do the video and audio like Bobby and then, um, uh, WCR Jersey WCR nation is my Facebook. Uh, there's a bunch of other media. So I'm on Instagram and everything else. What's so the main Facebook group they should join and they can find you there. Uh, pro window cleaning is a great Facebook group. Uh, also window cleaning newbies is another one. And then pressure washing resource. Those are the three that we kind of head up there. Some of the largest Facebook groups. So there's a lot yeah. of good content there. Good stuff. Yeah. So if you're having a hard time finding him, you can at least join that pro window cleaning group. And in there you'll see Josh's stuff. Cause they post, yeah. uh, what, what, two or three times a week. You do your shoot the poo. Show. It depends on how busy we are. We try yeah. to, you know, different parts of the, the, the year, but yeah, just search Jersey uh, or WCR nation. You'll find the stuff there's, we got three years of podcasts. So there's a ton of content. All right. So Mario Joseph says, what's up guys. Could you share your marketing? And he puts in quotes evolution from the beginning of your journey till now. I think mine's going to be simpler than yours probably. So I'll let you go. Uh, let's, he's probably concerned with when you were running your service business, probably not yeah. the WCR thing. So yeah, yeah. Was, how so, did you start out marketing and, and what did you end up doing? You either have more time or more money. That's how you have it. In the beginning, you have more time than money, right? We don't have the work. We got more time. So that's when door hangers, flyers, anything that you personally hand out is going to be the best bang for the buck because it's going to be cheaper than paying the post office. Even if you do an EDDM, you're spending maybe, you know, 20 cents on the postage, but you don't have that in the beginning. So once that changes over to having more money than time, then you start going into EDDM, which is every door direct mail by the post office. That's uh, mailers, that type of thing. Uh, we do door hangers, uh, five up. So every time a tech does any job, they do a door hanger to each side of that one and the three across the street, just saying, pardon our glare. We just cleaned your neighbor's house. If you have any questions or if we could do for anything for you, give us a call. Um, the big thing is to split test any of your marketing, even in the beginning. You can get a full color, super glossy printed thing and it is actually cheaper than a black and white copy on yellow canary paper. But people's perception go, wow, this company is a little bit more expensive than this company. So knowing where your target market is, how you're selling your services, if you're selling it strong and you don't care about price, then going that glossy really sets you apart. But split testing, you'll never know. You're not your target customer. I'm not my target customer. Even if you like a piece that you design or use, it doesn't necessarily mean they will. So split testing and doing you know, 500 in red, 500 in blue, 500 in window cleaning, 500 in window washing, you know, split testing everything allows you to find out where that sweet spot is. And eventually you're going to make that uh, slot machine where every time you put a mailer out, you're getting just money back. $1 in brings $3 back. I love it. 
yeah, similar experience. We started out, uh, generally speaking, we started out just using flyers. We spent a whopping one day door knocking. We didn't even do a whole day. We door knocked door for a day. Hard. Yeah, well, we realized we we were really bad at this. We didn't know what we were yeah. doing and we did not have the um, self-confidence to continue doing it because it's such a demoralizing yeah. thing. If, yeah. you know, but, uh, but truth be told, door knocking is probably the best marketing method for stuff like we do if you know what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I do have a video, two videos, as a matter of fact, in this special bonus section of my toolkit, new entrepreneurs toolkit, you can find at no bitch zone.com um, with not me teaching on door knocking, but a, two door knocking pros. One of them was a the guy who was talking about that uh, sold that job at 10 o'clock at night um, door knocking. So anyway, uh, we started out though doing flyers and then we, um, uh, ours has been real simple. Flyers, flyers, flyers. Then we went to AdWords and we started, you know, we like stopped flyers and started doing AdWords and now we're doing AdWords and we're doing clip flyers. So we kind of went back to our roots kind of, and we do the flyers that you throw out the, the window. We don't get rich on clip flyers, but they're, you know, we make money on them. You know, we make, we make money from doing them. So uh, that's, that's our main business. And then of course, like Google used to be uh, like 75% of our sales coming through, uh, you know, Google ads. Now it's about 48%, which is cool, which is really just a, it's, it's been this natural progression of as our business is um, maturing a little bit because we're in year four, uh, you know, that that pie used to be like all Google and then there was like a little bit of something else. Well, now we have like a lot of repeat business and now we have a lot of referrals and now we have a lot of, hey, we saw your trucks and, you know, things like that. have a like lot that. of reviews too, right? <laughs> yeah, reviews, yeah, which comes from the Google side, but that's, that's what happened for us. So ours was has been real simple. Um, I'm, uh, I've not been disciplined or real good on Facebook or LinkedIn, but I'm actually working on that right now. And I don't mean just paid services on Facebook, but just, you know, there's people out there. Rob Anderson's a great example. He's a dude that he'll spend, you know, $3,000 on Facebook all year long and generate, you know, $100,000 of, of work from it because most of what he does is free stuff. So, so that's, uh, that's kind of been my little uh, marketing journey, if you will. Uh, Ace pressure washing. I'm jealous of this guy. He says, Hey Bobby, it's five o'clock somewhere. And he says, tuning in from Key Largo. Ooh, nice. Screw you, Ace pressure washing. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I am four minutes from universal studios over here. I'll say, but I'd really, really, you know, I don't know if I would want to be in the keys right now. It's, it's hot as hell in Orlando. I don't know if I'd want to be down there at the moment, but now that good for you, man. I, I hope you're doing some scuba diving or something down there in the scuba diving capital of the world. Um, but uh, that's exciting. So guys, that is all the questions that we have. Josh, do you have anything else? I mean, I'm not in a rush to get off here. I'm actually really enjoying the conversation, but I don't have another question uh, from the chat. What, what else you got for us, man? No, nah, just everybody who is watching or learning, like just keep learning. There's so much content out there. You're so much farther ahead now than guys that started 15, 20 years ago when there just was no content. Hanging out and watching this and just hearing guys talk about business is huge. Like we talked to ADD before, like this is something that gets your brain back into it. It gets you excited. I mean, learn all the content. Listen to every one of Bobby's uh, podcasts, just all of the content that he puts out. Everything, even if you pick out one little bit from it, it just makes you smarter than you were yesterday. Your business that much farther. And like I always say, there's 
your competition's not here, but you are. This is putting you ahead, just learning and being here. So yeah. glad everybody made it. Uh, one last question popped up, and, and it's a great way for me to, uh, to end the show. So we'll end on this one. Um, somebody, uh, or Mario says, uh, speaking of Google reviews, dot, 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 how do I up my game? Uh, Mario, one, setting expectations like we've said from the beginning. Here's the thing. I'm not going to give the whole farm away on this one, and here's why. Google reviews, there, there's a science to getting it, just like there's a science to doing uh, flyers, just like there's a science to uh, packaging sales and getting high average ticket prices and, and all that stuff. Um, I teach it very in-depth in my course that I have. So, uh, you know, I unapologetically um, promote this thing simply because it works. And here's the deal. I can't guarantee any type of results you have. But what I can tell you, it's the stuff that we did in our business uh, in year number one that got, a, you know, got us to a really, really good start. We're doing all of those things uh, in year number four still to this day. It just works. You can go to no bitchzone.com to check it out. I have a promo code right now. It's called 8K special. Okay. The the number eight, the letter K special. Guys, check it out. If you're if you're a newer person and you're struggling with these things and, and you know getting the marketing rolling, it's it's not going to teach you how to pressure wash stuff because I don't talk about that at all. What I talk about is the entire customer life cycle, uh, everything from how to do your target, uh, your market research to uh, getting the phone ringing without a marketing budget to uh, how to handle those inbound calls in a professional way to uh, building high ticket prices to running model sales appointments to getting Google reviews and getting repeat business. It's all in there, plus a lot of bonus content as well. Nobitchzone.com, go check it out. Uh, it just works. So on that note, Josh, we are about to get out of here. But before we do, before we do, I just got to say to all the listeners, guys, I don't know you, but I love you. You're awesome. I, I love doing this show so much. There's so much uh, just good vibes I get from it. So thank you guys for being you. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. We're in the middle of a giveaway, a series of giveaways right now. That's going to end with a $4,300 soft washing skid. The eligibility requirements are this. you got to subscribe to the channel. You've got to enter the contest. And you got to be a subscriber of the channel to enter the contest because I'll put a video out to announce that. And last, you can't be a douchebag. That's literally one of the requirements. If you're a douchebag, if you're mean to me or someone I care about, you are ineligible to win these things. But we've got a uh, Sin Gym annual membership that we're doing right now. We're in the process of it. Hit the subscribe, click the button. Then we've got a Spray Wash Pro membership coming up. Then we've got a year of response bid coming up. And then we got a soft wash skid. It's awesome stuff. Go to the, uh, the Facebook group, No Bitch Zone. Join that. It's cool. And don't forget to check out my course at nobitchzone.com. Guys, you rock. Thank you so much. Peace out.